The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hey, thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I'm your host, I'm Vern Davis. And Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Again, thank you all uh, for joining us. My next guest, I'm really excited to have this chat today, runs a mission-driven cannabis brand focused on optimizing human creativity and performance to gain a competitive edge in business and to gain a competitive edge in life. That is very cool, and I'm really happy to welcome to the show today uh, on Plant Profits, Mr. Sean Gold. Mr. Sean Gold is the CEO of Pilgrim Soul. I love that name, Sean. How are you, brother? Hey, thanks for having me, Vern. I'm really excited to be on the show and discourse. (laughs) That's good. I like that. We'll try that, okay? We'll try discourse. (laughs) (laughs) so hey look man it's it's really cool you you're doing some very and have done some very interesting things and you know i want i want the folks out there listening to to really get a uh a a little peek into sean gold and who he is so man start us out where did this all start with you i mean you know what where did you grow up yeah i grew up in uh for the most part in new jersey New Jersey, a Jersey, New Jersey. Man. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, we used to watch cartoons as a kid and like they would all make fun of New Jersey. So it's a, it was a tough place to start. But uh, it's the home of Sinatra. So I think George Benson lived there and yeah, you know, we got Vince Lombardi and yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. New Jersey uh, just gets a bad rap. There's some, obviously some beautiful areas. Totally. I made this hoodie once. Yeah. yeah, I was on this site that you can make hoodies. Yeah, and I, you know, I made my wife like Laurel Canyon, where we live in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, but I made myself New Jersey uh, hoodie because like I've never seen one. No one ever wears New Jersey hoodies. Everybody like, wears New York. Yeah, New York or yeah, like hell, Cali. I've seen Connecticut. Even hoodie. Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can do a Connecticut hoodie. You should be able to do a Jersey hoodie, right? I thought it would be unwittingly hip to have a New Jersey hoodie. Yeah. Well, it probably was. Again, you're probably before your time, Sean. In that, I, I see around corners, man. I see around yeah. corners. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Hey, man. So, 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 you grew up in Jersey. Did you have siblings, or it was just you in the house? Yeah, I was the youngest. You okay. know, like, so I'm contemplative. I sit back, I watch things. You know, as the yeah. youngest of three boys, I kind okay. of like. You got the oldest kid who's the achiever, the middle kid who's like the reckless, you know, you know, and then I was the youngest, the baby, you know, trying like just kind of the observer. And that's the role I played. I became both, you know, both those, both the older brothers, a little bit of both, like very experimenting with the middle kid, but also like focused on, you know, winning like the yeah. first kid. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you 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 were competitive, and that that makes sense with all the things you've accomplished in your personal professional life. Yeah, we were all like wrestlers growing up. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. hold on, hold on. Let me guess your weight class. Hold on, let me let me guess your weight class. Are you a competitive wrestler? 
Yeah, I was like a competitive, one of the top, probably in the state. Oh my God. So 125 to 135 in that range? I know. I'm, I'm coming on. Uh, no, I was like, I wrestled 145. Okay. And, and I cut weight from like 170 at the time. So you're, you're a big kid to, to be wrestling 145, man. Yeah. Once. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I got five, five, 10 in high school. I, I know I like people like, what sport did you do? Everyone's like tennis. Yeah. Damn. I'm just not selling wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> you should have made it. You should have made a, a t-shirt. Not, you should say I'm a wrestler, not a damn tennis player. Right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so how in the hell did you get to Syracuse? Oh yeah. Well, I was a terrible student. Like I am the like okay. if you are a C student, you know, any C students listening, there's hope for you all. <laughs> I uh I am the patron saint of C students. I uh I like I, I wanted to go. I wanted to go to a bunch of schools, and I, I didn't yeah. get in. My uncle, like, was a was a uh, yeah, like a contributor mm -hmm. to Syracuse, an active alumni, and I think he had a lot of to me a lot to do with me getting in there. I, I and then I studied finance, yeah. statistics. How'd you do? Uh, Seriously, how'd you do in school? I, I like I like very ADD kind of dyslexia could could not read a page like I would read it over and over again. Yeah, I basically, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't think I think I've ever said this on a podcast, but I basically cheated my way through finance. I, I would etch the and this is really good advice, although you, you don't use these anymore, but I would etch the formulas yeah. uh, of my finance formulas in my pencil with a pin. And I would like I got so good at it, I could get two lines on one side of a pencil. Did you have a really fat pencil? No, it was just regular number <laughs> two pencil. And then uh, I mean, they were works of art. I really wish I still had one. Yeah, you should have kept those, man. I mean, and then but in statistics, they were all open book. So yeah. I, 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 you know, that, that I had a natural proclivity towards uh, statistics, and mm -hmm. there's still a statistics. And, you know, and, and I'm, I've been have some really great marketing jobs and it's really all about, you know, all my marketing jobs have been about and what has allowed me to excel and kind of rise in my career is the ability to combine both empathy with data. That, that is magical, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, no, I say that because obviously I come from a branded, branded businesses. Brands are really important and how they communicate and who they communicate with is, is, is really, is, is totally, and, and, and you need all of what you just said to make that happen. And when you get it right, it does feel magical. Um, yeah. No doubt. And so that, that is uh, real important. So you, 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 I want to go back to the snowiest place in the United States, Syracuse, by the way. Yeah. Lake effect snow squalls. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I've been there a couple. I've been in that school a couple of times. And um, yeah, so there's more snow there than anywhere in the U.S. during the wintertime. So I, I, what, what was that like, man? Did you, did, I mean, you're from Jersey. It's totally different. It really is. I totally going different. to like school in New Orleans. And I was like, oh, man, if I go to school in New Orleans, there's no way I'm going to study. You know, and then I went to school at Syracuse thinking, oh, that's a good idea. It's cold. Yeah. I'll have to study. I'll be inside. Well, if you're focused on not studying, you know, it doesn't really matter where, yeah, where you, are. you are. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point. Uh, so I, I, I was just a terrible student, very good at social intercourse. 
Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> popular. And worked on, you know, and I've always been a pretty good, pretty good communicator. Again, you know, strong empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I got through. I got out in four years. I got a finance degree. Yeah. You know, minor statistics and and it was interesting, but when I was there, there was a lot of kids from like Long Island and uh, there was a lot of spoiled children there that I really didn't, I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. And I was like enamored by these people and how they acted and what they wore. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the eighties where people had big hair and the, I, I really was born in the wrong decade. I should have been like I, I, soul music and Memphis soul yeah. was like my thing. And I was like, I was like- but What about a little Philadelphia soul? Philadelphia soul. Yeah, yeah. Philadelphia soul. Who are some of the great Philadelphia soul? Oh, oh Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Teddy yeah. Pendergrass. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no I like doubt. had that stacks, you know, the Memphis soul, like that stacks. stacks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, uh, totally. Absolutely. So how did you get into marketing? You got a finance and you love statistics. You got a finance degree that you got a finance guy who loves statistics. So how did you get into marketing? Cause that that's where it all happened for you. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, well, I was in like, I needed to, I, I always loved advertising. Like growing mm-hmm. up, I would read like ad age magazine for fun, you know, like, and I, I love, I was enamored with advertising. I, I was enamored with like the manipulation and storytelling and, yeah. you know, like, and how you could gain someone's attention for 30 seconds. And, and also, uh-huh. I used to also, because of my ADD, I used to read books of quotations. So like, just, okay. I mean, I read every book of quotations. I'm talking the Oxford Dictionary of Quotations cover well, Why cover. did that interest you, Sean? It was like, I could focus. It was the kind of greatest amount of thought per square word. You know, Got so- it. Got I, it. Focus, like, I don't I know can... why I understand that, but I do. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why I understand, but I do. <laughs> So it was lyrical and potent and meaningful and often out of context, the meaning, because you're not looking at the whole text. Right. Uh, but, you know, I can quote, I, 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 I can easily say, I mean, expert in quotations and I, and I, and I'm pretty good if I'm, you know, if I'm feeling lucid to contextually insert quotes in almost any conversation and people think I'm really smart and really well read because I'm like, oh, Oscar Wilde said, and Mark Twain said, and Bernard yeah. Shaw and Muhammad Ali, and but I really haven't read anything they've written. I've just written the, I've just uh, read the quotes. I so, love that. Yeah. I I absolutely uh, <laughs> love that. Look, we're going to take a quick bre- quick break and from from um, this chat and and uh, let whoever when we take a break, do whatever they do, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and I'm here today with Sean Gold. And Sean is uh, the founder, uh, CEO, Kingpin of Pilgrim Soul. And I look forward to continuing to chat on our way back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global People Solutions. I'm here with Sean Gold, CEO of Pilgrim Soul. And Sean, I was we were just having a discussion. I just asked you a question is why marketing? Chat yeah. us about that. Yeah. So when I, I loved advertising, as I was saying, mm-hmm. when I graduated from when I uh, graduated from college, I wanted to get into advertising, but I couldn't fo- afford to take like a low paying creative job because I had a lot of student loans and everything. Right. So I really got into the sales side, like okay. of of advertising because like there was commission just type out. sales, commission. It's like selling sales. like uh, ad sales. Okay. You know, media ad sales, which is okay. really, I mean. I didn't love it, but I did it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I, so I grew up a bit in sales and I kind of ventured over toward to marketing from there. Okay. Um, and how, you know, how I, did you get that break though? Cause did you know you wanted to be in marketing? I just couldn't do it right now. Now is not the time for me for yeah, personal it, reasons. Totally. Did you know? I, I knew I wanted to be in, con- yeah. you know, content and marketing yeah. and I just c- couldn't segue over. I mean, I, so, I mean, I ha- I'm trying to think of that moment where I yeah really segued, but I had trouble. I couldn't, you know, because I was a bit of a weirdo, you know, I, I never was able to get past human resources, any of these big companies like Condi Nast or yeah. Turner Networks. I interviewed for jobs and I, I would make it kind of far because like this is, person is very different. Yeah. But then they were like, you know, but they're different, but we really need it. That's this person who fits in this mold. Yeah. And uh, that happens today. Yeah. So I, I, the only, uh, the breaks I got were with entrepreneurs who were like, you know, we need people to help figure this out. So I've always been good at like imagining because, you know, when you're, when you have like ADD, you have to create your own systems and your own hacks for life. Yeah. So, and, and you were, you know, and you don't necessarily know like established systems and ways to do things. So you're not limited by that and you can imagine things. So I started working. I, one of the first gigs I got was with this company called Touch Tunes. I met these guys, and they wanted to develop this company where you could listen to music on the telephone. This is nineteen. This is before the internet. Calling, okay. and we did deals with like the Source and Right On and Blackbeat and Vibe and yeah, you know, uh, Rolling Stone, where you could call numbers and listen to music on the telephone. So I was selling that idea to the music industry, but at the same time, I was conceiving it and how it would work and. You know, there was only a couple of us. So I, I, I had to do a lot of different things. And then when the internet came along, I got, you know, I got one of the, a great job uh, as heading like, again, sales uh-huh. for one of the first online magazines. But I also had to conceive how advertising would work because, you know, mm-hmm. you're selling it, but it doesn't exist. You have to like imagine it. So right. it came up with a lot of innovative stuff, rose through the internet business um eventually. so you did that 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 was about a 10-year journey wasn't it yeah i, I because heard, in 97 when when did you go to myspace the, uh, 2000 like five, 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 end of 2005, five yeah. yeah 
Well, hell, at that point, MySpace was the biggest, that was yeah. social media, right? That was the biggest thing of social media was MySpace in that, yeah. 2005, 2006, 2007, whatever that was, right? That was a crazy job. Yeah, I was a CMO of MySpace from- How did you 20... get to CMO of MySpace, man? How did you get to that? Yeah, well, I was, so I had, I worked with this company, like I had this site called word.com in 1996, okay. 97, which was one of the first online zines. And then I went to an ad agency, Rare Medium, and I was doing, ad, I was conceiving advertising strategies for Mattel and Nestle. And I would, big you know, brands. Yeah, yeah, I had to, I had to come up, like, I had a different pitch. It was like, you know, they were like, I wasn't pitching websites. I was pitching how the internet could make everything your your complete marketing, your 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 communications plan more effective. Like we're going to use the internet to make your you know your your print advertising more effective. And people weren't selling it that way. I was thinking more symphony of everything you're doing. And so I got these deals, and then uh, that company sold. Then I left to be president of this company, E Universe, which was, was would it? eventually. Uh, it was like this content company we had back then, like we had these, this really bad content. It was like dancing hamster content, like a MIDI file and a GIF animation scrolling up, but it was popular. We had like, I don't know, 18 million monthly users. Wow. And I rebranded that company and it was like, a, we, we did that. And then we did performance marketing to make money, you okay. know, selling ink cartridge, you know, refilling, re refilled ink cartridges and vitamins and anything that we could sell because yeah, no one would advertise on this terrible content. So yeah, we had yeah. to make money. So yeah, um, I was there and then we incubated MySpace at the time, the guys I was with, like the sort of one area of the business went south and they needed to do something. So they, they copied Friendster essentially because they saw a lot of flaws in Friendster. At the time, I I had left to launch some of the first one of the first blog networks with a, a friend of mine, mm -hmm. uh, and we launched Engadget and Autoblog and Joystick, and then we sold that company quickly to AOL. Yeah, and and then that business was figuring out the blog, figuring out blogs, figuring out advertising in blogs, and so then I joined MySpace when it was already kind of going, but I was an advisor to those guys for a while, and. I was there from 25 million to 110 million users, you okay. know, as the lead marketing, scaling that up. And that was interesting because it, you know, I got into the internet because I saw that John Scully, who was then, who was the uh, CEO of Apple computers in 1991, right. talking right. about the Orlando interactive TV tests where you would be able to get like television content on demand. And I had this epiphany, like, wow, if that's possible, like that's inevitable. Yeah. If I could learn this, I could be the head of like a network of, you know, content ahead of like, you know, NBC or whatever, yeah. you know, which is what I envisioned then. And when in 15 years later, when I was like the head of content marketing for MySpace, I was like, wow, like I actually accomplished yeah. what I set out to do 15 years ago. I just didn't know it would be in this form. Right. You know, I was head of a network, one of the largest content networks in the world. I, you were. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was a that was a good pinnacle move, and it's mostly been downhill since there. <laughs> <laughs> now you were you were at MySpace a couple years, but really a couple very important years, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. it was the most stressful. I mean, I, we were having meetings like my first day on the job. I had a meeting <laughs> with us. like Ice Cube and Paris Hilton. Yeah, and then on the fourth day, of the no. No, the first day on the job, I met with Rupert Murdoch and like his oh, team because no. we were getting sued by the 
the attorney general of Connecticut, Blumenthal okay. at the time, because of this To Catch a Predator episode that we were on. And it, 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 that's a long story. And then <laughs> and then I, the second day I met Ice Cube and Paris. And then the fifth day I met with the governor of, uh, former governor of New Hampshire and the former attorney general of Tennessee, who were going to be my advisors on the, the attorney's general issue. And I was like, yeah. I was just like a, like, like a publisher of a blog network last week. And now I was, it was so intense. It was so, I was way out of my league. It was so intense. You know, I, it's crazy. I developed stomach issues basically. Uh, and, but it was like, I had, Wait, what was your big takeaway yeah. though? Cause you learned a Cause so yeah. here's what really, you know, when I look back at your, your, your background, what really pops out to me is that you affected a lot of what we see today, right? You, you did. You affected a lot of what we see today and you were well sought out to be a thought leader for a group, right? <clears throat> you were, you, you, you know, you were on the board, you were advising, you were advising the CEO, you, 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 somehow people see you as this person that can really, he, he gives something we don't have, it's unique and we need that. And it, we may not need it for five years, but right now we need it. Yeah, yeah, well, part of it was, you know, thriving in ambiguity. Yeah, all these, all these new businesses were about, you know, we need someone who can thrive in ambiguity, figure stuff out. Yeah. And, and the other, the other aspect of it was like the ability to, to, to synthesize. And, and as I, said, I kind of referenced this earlier, but symphony yeah. to see the big picture cross boundaries, combine desperate, you know, pieces of information into sort of a, you know, an arresting whole, you know, to like, Oh, that's kind of, and because of all, in my earlier career, I around from job to job, you know, like yeah. from, oh, I was in sales promotion. I was no, in different you, aspects. You, you've of, touched a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. oh, that's a little bit like cable media. And it's a little bit like sales promotion. It's a little bit like direct response advertising. So my, my attention deficit disorder in my work career <laughs> became an advantage, you know, yeah. because I would like, oh, it's like all these different things and we can take from this and that. Um, and again, empathy with the end user. I got into the tech business when I was really terrible at tech, but I, but I used it as an advantage because I was like, if I can't figure this out, then it's not going to work with a mass audience. That's a great but, point. Yeah. I mean, that that's the way to look at it. When did cannabis come into the picture? Well, it came into the was picture it, when I was 15 years old. You know, okay. I've, I've always uh, enjoyed cannabis for perspective and actually for focus in some sense. And cannabis for me is like, you know, it it offers a second opinion to myself. You know, I, I would I would in work I would you know I can't I don't I'm not great at taking in information while I'm high, mm -hmm. but I love processing it. Um, so I would I would work on these decks for like Nestle and you know yeah. these creative strategies for like Nestle and these larger companies, and then I would get high and go through them again and factually meditate. And then also I had this weird thing where I, it's like truth serum for me at the same time where I just I can't lie to myself when I'm high, when you're high. I, you know, it's real. It, it becomes, uh, it becomes real, man. That, yeah. is, that is fascinating. We're going to continue this cannabis 
conversation. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break and we'll see you guys on the other side. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. My guest today is Sean Gold a Pilgrim Soul. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on cannabisradio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and it's fueled by Produce Global, People Solutions. Sean Gold, CEO of Pilgrim Soul, is my guest today. And we just really embarked on the conversation about cannabis, how it came into being with him, and how, as a profession, he utilized that to create some of the excellent work and influence that he's had uh, on many branded industries and medians and et cetera. He's done a tremendous amount. So I, I wanted to go to Lowell because that's a famous cannabis play. And uh, tell, tell us about how you got there and what you believe yeah. your impact was. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I started, you know, I, like I said, I've, I've been an authentic advocate of cannabis yeah. for decades. And I, someone connected me with the Stanley Brothers and uh, Charlotte's Web, and I helped yeah. them out a little bit. And then I invited Adam Bierman, uh, CEO of MedMen, to this event I was having at my house with those guys. And I connected with Adam, and I loved what he was doing in the early days and started advising him. At the same time, this friend of mine, um, Sean Black, was mm -hmm. working on Lowell. I'd worked with him in the internet space you know, years before, really great conceiver and designer. And sort of advising him along the way with Lowell, I connected them with MedMen and MedMen invested in them. Right. And uh, I was at the time CMO of this billion dollar uh, e-commerce company that did Fabletics with Kate Hudson and we launched Rihanna's lingerie brand. Um, and then the Lowell guys said, hey, we'd love you to come on full time and yeah. be, you know, be head of marketing. And I did, and and we, you know, I helped sort of just solidify the positioning. Sean Black did really most of the, you know, early really creative work, but I right. helped we, you know, just define it and what we stood for and what the why was of the brand, which was about elevating the integrity of the cannabis experience right. and making people proud to own, consume, and share cannabis products. You know, like we, the brand was developed because we looked, you know, like 
there's, you know, people have their coffee brands with, right. you know, their bespoke coffee and their bespoke chocolate and there's wines and their Kentucky whiskeys and they all have this nomenclature yes. around them and they're proud to show their packaging and our product right. in the plastic bag, you know, so. <laughs> you so, had to fix that. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's important. That's important. Now, yeah. so let's go to Pilgrim Soul. You're, 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 what you're doing, you're throwing yourself yeah. into this. So tell, tell everybody what it is. So Pilgrim Soul is really the first brand focused exclusively on creative output. Um, okay. And where we've built cannabis, you know, bespoke cannabis blends using some of the, with some of the top scientists in cannabis. We've uh, created curriculum meant to be used while you're high to enhance, to enhance the efficacy of the cannabis. Okay. Um, and we have a lot of educational materials and uh, expert content on pilgrimsoul.com and then we're building out community programs and other merchandise again everything we do all the all the non-cannabis products we create are meant to be used while you're high to enhance the efficacy of cannabis they're okay to, to stimulate creativity because you, you know i'm working with some of the top scientists as i said mm -hmm. but you can still smoke my creative awareness blend and think about you know your ex-wife or your mortgage or you know right picking your kids up at school whatever the issue is there's, there's no if you're not in the right headspace you know you might not you're not going to be creative so we created the 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 the, the uh curriculum the pilgrim soul journal uh do you do you have it you can you show it yeah yeah you got yeah. a copy show it show it, put it the, out there. you know it's yeah. very polite it says please mm -hmm. use this journal while you are high mm -hmm. and it's filled you know it's not an empty journal it's filled with 50 different exercises just opening up to a random mm -hmm. page yeah, like this one is like, what are these people protesting? So you have to create protest signs for them. You know. It's oh, that is that is so cool, man. That that every we can see that that is so cool. That's cool. I gotta ask. I gotta ask this question. It it, it were you high when you created this? I, well, I I mean, I was a combination of high and not high. I mean, I, yeah. I I use cannabis for all my creation. So again, I've you know, I probably thought of the idea high. I, you know, it's like. I, I knew that people, you know, I just know the way it works. I mean, I've been right. using cannabis for creativity for my whole life. So, and for business specifically. Yeah. So, and I've read all these journal, you know, I've read all the like ideation, yeah. creativity, uh, brainstorming books that there are. And, you know, so I took like the best ideas from those things and all the mechanics of those you know, classic right. texts. And right. I just dumbed them down because no one wants to read instructions while you're high. Yeah. And then no one wants to read instructions while you're not high for that matter. And then I, I made them just much more fun, like just yeah. whimsical and fun and stupid. And, but th even though they're whimsical and silly, there's still the mechanics of creative thinking and ideation are still in every exercise that's there. Um, and then I explain, so I, I give you this exercise to do, and then I explain how it helps with creativity and then oh, I sometimes I'll give you yeah. an example. There's no, there's nothing else like that on the market, right? No, I no. I'm not no, seeing I, anything but yours, you know. And 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 you're all over California. You're on Amazon. You're a big yeah. seller on Amazon. It was like so, number five thirty of all of like forty eight million books on Amazon last week. Uh, that's a big deal, and uh, <laughs> for, for sure, no, no doubt, no doubt. Now, now, so you've taken that, but now you've you really now you're starting to create. Uh, products for the consuming public. So tell us about the, the cannabis play uh, yeah. the product side that you're creating. Yeah. So, 
Well, I work with this company, Abstracts Labs, so I think it was okay. on your show. Um, these guys are surfer scientists, cannabis nerds out of Irvine, and they do, you know, they do like they're elitist, you know, uh, you know, cannabis scientists. They do the oils for Sherbinsky, which is one of the top, you know, cannabis companies in California for the Jack Herrera family, which is a famous yeah. strain. They did oils for Josh D, who invented the OG strain strain um so we we looked at hundreds like over 100 strains and index high for creativity based on leafly and other survey data sure um and we so we scraped some of that data uh we we acquired the different strains and actually multiple versions of the strain of the flower and we did 3d models of the flower looking at cannabinoid and terpene profiles right. again uh as they index against creativity and focus creativity and relaxation creativity and euphoria and you know various states of mind and then we blended them together to look at different types of creativity and create mixed strains we made most of the pro most of the their live resin blends which are okay. the most really scalable full spectrum oil extraction um, and we blended them together um, what was my point my train of thought here um, to again to optimize these different types of creativity so creative awareness is about just like drinking in the world around you like mm -hmm. riffing on the world creative just ideation without judgment and then uh, creative reflection is really looking inside yourself. So that would be sure. like more mercine driven, more like slightly, they're all sativa driven, but this, the creative reflection blend is more indica driven, okay. um, more indica influence. And it's, so it's right now the creative reflection blend is a uh, blue dream and, and pineapple express mixed together. Oh, nice, um, nice. And, and, nice. So yeah. you're mixing these, these you're mixing this uh, with multiples. Multiple strains, which want. is really yeah. not done. Right. I'm sure it'll be done soon. But uh, <laughs> well, it's done now. Yeah. <laughs> but Kentucky Fried Chicken has seven uh, doing essential ingredients. I think we have we have three. Yeah. The, there you go. There's more to come. Uh, <laughs> now that that is great. Yeah. You, you know, I, I want to get you back here. I want to talk about, and and, and we're we're gonna have to uh, to go today. But I, I really want to I really want to talk to you about branding and cannabis. Uh, oh, so, yeah. I think that's a show we, we can talk about branding and cannabis and that's something we need to do. So Sean, 100%. I really appreciate you being here, brother. I, I really do. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of plant profits. Plant profits is fueled by produce global people solutions. My guest today had a wonderful time with Mr. Sean gold, who's the CEO of pilgrim soul. And I want to thank all of you for joining us. You can download episodes of plant profits by going to cannabisradio.com, which is a wonderful partner of ours, or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast fix, we are there in that portal. Follow Protus Global, uh, my business through our social network, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and all of those platforms. We are there, and we are there in a big way. Finally, learn more about how we are building companies, how we're changing people's lives at protisglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. And until next time, cheers.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.